If you know your party's extension, please dial it now. Houston, we have a problem. I'm sick of all this complaining all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode comes with a warning. We have seven weeks left of the bullshittery that is 2020. So if you have other bad news you want to get out of the way or come clean with, now is the time. You finally want to fess up to your sister that it was you that accidentally bleached her favorite guest jeans in the seventh grade and not in a good acid wash kind of way. Why don't you just go ahead and cleanse the soul? If you want to finally tell that nosy girl at the gym who constantly spreads all the rumors that you hope she's doing okay because you heard she had a nasty case of lice, then go ahead. Go big because 2020 did. So, Liz, what is your pump and flat moment? All right, Lindsay. So, let's see. My pump moment this week, as you know, I'm a huge fan of stand-up comedy because I did drag into a comedy show pre-COVID. I love you. One of my faves, Stan Soder. And one of my favorite comedians is Colin Quinn, who I think everybody, for the most part, is a huge fan of Colin Quinn. He's been around forever. He just put out a new comedy special on HBO Max, and it's called Colin Quinn and Friends, a parking lot comedy show. And it features a bunch of stand-up comedians that I really love, that I listen to their podcasts, I've seen their one-hour specials on Netflix, etc. And it's all about how, you know, as soon as COVID hit and shutdowns hit, these people, you know, essentially they lost their livelihood, right? They're not getting on airplanes and performing comedy clubs anymore because you can't do those things. Um, so Colin Quinn produced basically this huge outdoor show in this enormous parking lot in Brooklyn. And it was basically drive-in movie, but drive-in stand-up comedy. Um, and it was all about the behind-the-scenes sort of preparation for this and how the comics were feeling about going up and performing for the first time in months and how they were all really nervous because they were rusty and their bits weren't clean and they wanted to do new content. But, you know, and so, and instead of like applause and laughter, people like beat their um, car horns and flash their high beams. Uh-huh. So it was pretty amazing just to hear them talk about what they've been doing from a content and creative perspective during COVID to just keep their kind of creative chops, you know, working and, and still making money. Um, but it was like, it was to watch them each go up and do like their 10 minute set. It was like awkward. You could tell they were rusty and these are comedians I've watched a lot. So I know their stuff yeah. and I know sort of their, their style. Um, and it was really weird to have like cars honking instead and, of, instead like, of like, laughing. like laughing. Yeah. So the energy, like, I mean, as a performer, obviously, whether you're a comedian or a musician or whatever, you feed off of the crowd's energy and that element really wasn't there, but they got up and they did their routines and for them, like, it's like kind of what fuels their soul. And Colin Quinn had said, um, to them, you know, he said, being on stage is the only time as comedians, we're not depressed. And it's, I think for a lot of them, it's true. They come from like pretty crazy backgrounds. Some of them are recovering addicts and they've had terrible childhoods and they use comedy to kind of deal with that. Um, but it was just, it was awesome to see, I don't know, just people getting out there and performing and people coming out to see them, even if they had to sit in their cars. So it's just kind of sums up, you know, COVID and a pandemic that 
you do what you got to do. You find entertainment where you can find it. You still find laughs where you can find them and you make the best of right. a really crappy situation. <laughs> right. I think, didn't Dave Chappelle and a bunch of those guys do it too yes. in like the middle of Iowa or yep. something? Yeah. There's a lot of outdoor comedy shows or drive-in theater shows going on these days. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. Whatever gets you out of the house is... Uh, my perspective. So my flat moment um, this week. So Will, my seventh grader, he had to do a um, social studies presentation where he was assigned um, like a famous person from Greek history. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. Same. Okay. <laughs> so he and he had to memorize five accomplishments and present them to the class in costume. Yes. Same. So yeah. White so, sheets. Yeah. So I find out about this on a Thursday afternoon, and the presentation is Monday. So oh, at least <laughs> at least you got a warning. I know. I I got um a Thursday night and the presentation was Friday. <gasps> oh man. That okay. yes. That was my warning. So, so Will has really bad ADHD and I, I tend to overcompensate for him I think as a parent and re- like micromanage him probably to his detriment. I'm still trying to figure out as a parent how much support I should give him because he does need support to stay on task and focus and complete things and, and all of that. But at the same time, if I give him too much support, he's never going to get the independence that he needs to be able to do these things on his own. Should I let him fail to learn? I don't I really don't know, to be honest with you. It's something I struggle with all the time. So I, you know, my anxiety goes up when I hear he's got this project, he has to memorize things, he has to research, he needs a costume. So he got assigned Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine. Um, so I knew he wasn't going to want to wear the bed sheet to school. So me and my brilliance, I decided I'm going to order him like a white lab coat from Amazon, right? Like you look like That's a doctor. Cool. So, so I do that and it comes on Sunday and I stuff it in his backpack and Sunday night, I'm like, you have your five facts memorized. And he said, yep, I'm, I'm good. I said, all right. I said, I said, do you want to practice them? You know, in front of me? No, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. And I said, all right, well, I said, but just make sure you have it memorized because you don't want to be the one kid that gets up in front of the class and can't give the presentation. Like that would be really embarrassing. Fine, fine, fine. So I'm at, he goes to school Monday. I'm sitting at my desk on a conference call and I get an email to my personal email account from him, from school. And the subject line, all it said was, you have failed me. No. And it was like a knife to the heart, like reading those words from my son. I'm like, oh my God. And, and then I opened the email and he was like, the lab coat doesn't fit. It's way too small. And I, so I email him back and I said, I don't know how that could be. I ordered size 12 to 14 from Amazon. It looked plenty big when I took it out of the package. And I said, just, I said, take your Under Armour sweatshirt off. And he said, I already tried that. And I said, well, just wear it anyway. How bad could it be? He's like, I'm not wearing it. So I was like, then I start feeling guilty. Oh, I should have made him try it on. I should have. And then I'm like, it was his responsibility to find the costume, not mine. And I'm doing it for him. Still felt bad. Still, again, I don't know what I'm doing as a parent, clearly. He's almost 13. <laughs> the poor kid. <laughs> I mean, he's my trial and error child. I'm hoping the other two end up much better off. So I go to pick him up from school, and he gets in the car. I'm like, buddy, what happened? He's like, it's way too small, Mom. It's way too small. I'm like, I don't, how could that be? How small Did could you it make be? him try it on? Just well, we got sure. home. Yeah, I said, I said, when we get home, I want to see it. Yeah. So we get home. He takes off his sweatshirt. He takes the thing out of his backpack. He puts it on. Lindsay, it was like that scene in Tommy Boy when Chris Farley puts on David Spade's coat and goes, fat guy in a little coat. So 
It was like the length was fine. I don't know who manufactured this. The length was fine, but his arms were like this, and like a little dinosaur. Like he couldn't. And I go, oh, dude, sorry. Yeah, that definitely was not gonna work. <laughs> and I said, I said, and, and then of course I start overcompensating again. I'm like, did you at least show your teacher that you had it so she know you can at least get credit for bringing the costume? I said, make sure you tell her it's my fault. <laughs> It's like, mom, it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah. My mm -hmm. Lord. Like, <laughs> that is probably <laughs> Because at first I'm thinking, maybe, because our kids always like baggy stuff. Totally. So I'm like, maybe he just was like, it was on the smaller side and he just didn't want to wear it because our thought. kids like baggy stuff. <laughs> you know, he couldn't put his arms down. <laughs> So here you are, like, worried that he's going to be embarrassed by not remembering his facts. But right. no, he would have been. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, like, he doesn't. He's not a self-conscious kid, so he just doesn't care, really, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, that was my flat moment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Liz, that was brilliant. <gasps> brilliant. Wow. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> so, how was your week, Lens? <laughs> um, I don't even know how to follow up on that one because I wish I would have gone first because that's like too good. So my pump moment this week was, you know, it's very hard to find a good show that the family can watch together. Totally. As we know. Mm -hmm. I always get accused of finding the things that are inappropriate. <laughs> I... I don't know why. Everyone's always like, you find the shows, mom. You find the shows. And I was like, why do I have to find the shows? Mm -hmm. Because I'm the one that gets accused of finding the inappropriate things. Deemed the inappropriate for some reason or another. Maybe there's too many swear words. Maybe there's a scene where there's kissing. I don't know. But anywho, my son found a a show that he wanted to watch because it was the top 10. He's obsessed with whatever's the top 10 on oh. Netflix. But we always laugh because I keep telling him that it's built around an algorithm of whoever is home the most and binging because he, he constantly sees like these weird cartoon shows. And I said, buddy, it's because these moms are home trying to entertain their toddlers. Mm -hmm. And that's why... Coco Man or whatever is up there because he just doesn't understand. He's like, why would this be on our top 10? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's not our top 10. It's like everybody in the world who's watching this, that's that's the top 10. Should really refine that algorithm. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so he was into this show called The Queen's Gambit. And I was like, wow. So first of all, it looks like a period piece. It is yeah, a period I've seen it piece. on Netflix. Okay. It has a female mm -hmm. as the main role. And I was really struck that he, this is something he picked out on his own. And the biggest reason is because she is a killer chess player and he loves chess. Oh my gosh. And started playing <laughs> with my husband when he was younger. And I really. I think it's awesome because my dad used to play with my brother and myself too, but my brother exceeded the talents 
in the family and then I got bored and was like, <laughs> okay. It's just very cool that he really liked that so much mm-hmm. and is enjoying it so much that woman is so good at chess. And when he was younger, he actually joined the chess club and, it, you know, he's an athlete and he's, yeah. so it's, it's kind of a crazy dynamic. And I think a lot of his athletic friends were like, what? And so, but the other cute thing is when he was younger and he was doing the chess club, he thought it was called chest. <laughs> it's a different club, right? And I, that's what I said. I go, maybe when you're older, you will join that club, but not now. So I just, it, it's, it's a great show. It does it has a little bit of alcohol and drugs in it because the girl has a problem. She was an orphan. He's enjoying it Mm -hmm. purely for the chess part. And it's a strong female lead and it's a period piece. So it's just very interesting to me and Brian that like he picked this and he's so into it. And this would be something that I would consider him saying right off the bat, this is boring. Yeah. And he's totally into it. You just never know. And he wants to, like, let's watch another episode. And Brian and I are just like, what? Wow, that's great. Yes. So my flat moment of the week is I – it's kind of a flat and pump moment because it it came out – good, but I reached out to a friend, a good friend, um, to be on the podcast, Cordelia, our good friend, and she is super excited about coming on and wait. supporting, and I've told Liz about her a bunch of times. Um, I met her at a leadership conference, and I think sometimes when you meet people, you just know you're instantly going to be friends with mm-hmm. them. And we were put into these smaller groups of women at the leadership conference and you got to pair up in the room and she wasn't sitting right next to me. And you know how usually people just like look at the person next to them because it's just less awkward. Mm -hmm. And she was like three people away from me and I'm like, Hey, and she was looking at me too. (laughs) And so we got paired up or we paired up with each other. And we had to introduce each other to the group. And I introduced her as a one badass lady because she really is. And Cordelia and I try to talk at least once a month. And she is an amazing person. And it just goes to show you how people are affected so much this year by this, again, 2020 has not discriminated. No. And she's like, I've been thinking about you a lot too. I am just struggling with a lot of different things. And this world is crazy. And so basically, she's literally going through the same thing everyone else is. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, it's very interesting you said that because this is exactly why we started this podcast. And I just felt horrible Mm -hmm. and empathetic. Yes. And sympathetic. It was probably hard for you to hear her talk like that because you told me, like she described her as a badass. You said she's so strong that she's motivated you. She's supported you. So to hear someone like that 
like feel so that's down. A, that's exactly yeah. it. And so I think that was when I was like, oh, and then okay, it, it's even worse than I thought. Yes, exactly. Because I think and. Probably for her, it was the same to hear me, and so it was like, okay, we're both like, and it was funny because I was like, oh my gosh, like I love you dearly, and she's like, right back at you, and she was like, I'm already gonna listen to your podcast, and sent it to some people, and oh my gosh, it was just so cute because then it turned into like more of a positive, like I got your back, yeah, you got mine. We're going through the same thing. We need to talk. Mm-hmm. But to have that that kind of relationship with her, I mean, you met her at a leadership conference. So I'm sure a lot of people there would put on airs of like, I've got this. I'm super confident. Nothing ruffles my feathers, blah, blah, blah. But you guys have this relationship where you can admit when you're feeling a little down or you're struggling or whatever, but you can still be leaders and badasses, right. you know? But there's right. like a level of honesty there where... Right. And it was just... It was, it was very honest Mm -hmm. and she's gone through so much recently. It was just a flat moment, but that turned into a pump moment Mm -hmm. and that I'm sure will continue. And I'm super excited because in the future of this podcast, you will get to hear from her and Liz will get to meet her and she is a badass. So there we go. Yes. (laughs) So should we get into the topic of conversation? Yes. Which, in the wise words of salt, salt and Peppa. In Peppa, let's talk about sex, baby. Where do we start? Let me start at how I was raised, as I think that's the best segue <laughs> in. I was raised in California. Yes, you can bring on whatever you want to say about us. My husband loves to say it. You guys were hippies, free love. You did things very different than we did. And yes, we did. First of all, we were not hippies. My mom was a teacher and being a teacher, she sat my brother and I down at a very early age and got a book from the library on where do babies come from. And I think I was eight and my brother was six. Wow. Yeah. And I was recently reading an article from Scary Mommy and a sex educator said, that you're never too early to start being educated. And they said that it should start at actually, which I was like, what? At diaper changing or potty training by naming the correct body parts mm-hmm. instead of calling them silly, yeah. silly things. And I was like, well, I failed miserably totally. on that one. <laughs> and then slowly actually teaching them appropriately as they get older. So I had to ask myself, was my best parenting moment really telling my son when he kept on asking me where do babies come out of my body about five years ago and I said a hole down there (laughs) when he kept pushing me on it he said like where you poop and I said yep (laughs) I, I I pooped you out Oh my God. But they always ask these questions at the worst time. Yes. You know, like was, you're on your way into daycare or something and you're like, and just, you're so flustered and frazzled. <laughs> I was setting the table and making dinner. Oh my God. He was kind of grossed out, but also intrigued and then went on about his business. So, because basically it is the same as pushing those pushing muscles mm-hmm. and that's be real with each other. 
And any impending moms or ladies or dads ready to have babies out there, here's the real shit that no one tells you. The push is the poop muscles. Yep. No, one's, no one wants to tell you that. I guess it's not ladylike. Right. And you're probably going to poop on the table. But yes. you won't know because if you're smart, you'll be all drugged up. <laughs> True. And w- that did happen. And I said, ew, to my husband, did you pass gas? Because it was <laughs> so gross. And he goes, he looked at me and he goes, no, you actually pooped on the table. <laughs> and I said, that is fucking disgusting. Oh, my God. Don't say that. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, I will take it back. (laughs) But I also knew that I couldn't handle, that he couldn't handle if I told him the truth. Right, right. But I also knew it was a huge fail parenting moment. But I also knew if I told him at that time, my husband couldn't handle the truth. Right, yes. And that was like the bigger thing. So when my husband came home later, I asked him, when are you going to have this talk with him? Because I'm sorry, but if we had a daughter, you wouldn't be talking periods with mm-hmm. him. So he made the ew, gross face. And I'm like, really? Come on. Are you 10? So I feel like I shouldn't be talking boners and jerking off with mm-hmm. my son because really that's not something a mom should have to do. And I'm also not sure totally how that stuff works. Right. So uh, my husband's way more equipped literally and physically for this combo. So he brushes me off because that's not what he does in his family. Right. They are conservative Catholics. And so here I am. So I go to work and I talk to a very close friend who has boys And she says, oh, you need to get these books. To which, when Liz got here, she brings in her book, and I bring in my book, or books, and we have the same book that we gave. So I'm like, okay, cool, which book? They're cartoon books, fantastic, so nothing too gross. So they get here, and I casually put them in my son's room. And that night... When I'm, like, in bed reading book, I hear this, Mom! (gasps) Mom! Wait, how old was he at this point? Uh, ten. Okay. Who put these inappropriate books in my room? Inappropriate! Oh, my God! I get, like I told you, I get accused of being inappropriate all the time. And then my husband, not helping, says, Yep, your mom's inappropriate. (gasps) I was ready to throat punch him. Oh, my God. He pull my my husband pulls them back out of his room and I grab them back <laughs> and I look at both of them and I said, Here's the deal. You either talk to me mm-hmm. or you talk to him, pointing to his dad, or you read these when you want and you come and ask questions. And I'm looking at both of you. Because my husband was acting just about as the age of my son. Did he need to talk too? Pretty much. (laughs) I said, do you want him like learning this on the bus? Right. Like, you know, my mom did a good job of teaching us the birds and the bees. But like real crazy stuff I learned on the playground. Yes. Which we know the kids do. Mm -hmm. But it's not always factually accurate. No, it's so. not. And it's like, 
you know, you can get pregnant by kissing and right, stuff right, like right. that. No. So what happened after I left the books in his room? Because that was his choice. Mm-hmm. Because God forbid we chat about right. things in this family. I have no idea. The books are still in his room. Maybe read, maybe unread. <laughs> he didn't want to talk about it again. Husband didn't either. I do know that kids know these things mm-hmm. as I drive many hockey and lacrosse carpools. I know. You get some good juicy gossip from those boys. They don't realize you are listening and that you're not in a limo <laughs> with a privacy window between you and them. And are they so engrossed in their game and their iPhones that they don't look up and see you in the rearview mirror like, oh my God, they just said sex. So... These kids are 13. It's way too early to hopefully be hearing those kinds of conversations. Mm -hmm. I did hear it once, but it was really a kid repeating a joke his dad said, which (laughs) made me laugh. So, you know, there's more inappropriate conversations going on in that home than yours, which would make you feel better. Right. (laughs) So then I was like, and I'm inappropriate. Mm -hmm. So it is quite the thing. Yeah. I don't even know, like... And there's, I don't know if there's any right or wrong way to, to do it. Do it. Right. And, uh, yeah. So what happened <laughs> in your house, Liz? Um, all right. So, well, before I tell you what it was like telling my son about puberty and the birds and the bees, I will share you, share with you how my mom told me. Oh, wait, she didn't. <laughs> she came from a long line of, you'll learn that on the back of the bus. <laughs> so I had no frame of reference and and committed as a parent to not do that with my kids because Lindsay to this day I'm still embarrassed buying tampons at CVS like so, it did not me no favors like being repressed and like we don't talk about that we're no 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 dirty 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 so I was like we're not doing that and when we found out that the boys were going to be watching the movie in fifth grade I said to my husband we have to have a talk with Will before he sees this movie and before they start talking about puberty in school because the school sends home the emails. You know what, what they're going to be talking about, when they're going to be talking about it. They send you a link to the movie. The gross movie. The gross movie. Um, and, if, and like your husband, my husband is like, he's going to learn it at school. Why do we have to talk about it? And I was like, oh, <laughs> because we're breaking the cycle. All right. And if you're not willing to do it, I will do it. So I go purchase my boy's body book available wherever books are sold. And I go into Will's room before bed and I give him the book. Um, and you can tell by the intact spine, it has yet to be cracked open. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Same. Same. And I said, I said, so bud, you know, you guys are going to be talking about puberty and stuff soon at school, right? And health. And he's, yeah. And I said, you're going to be watching a movie. He's, yeah. He goes, I heard the movie has ding dongs in it. I go, I, I don't, I go, well, I watched the movie. I said they're like illustrations of penises. Yeah, sure. That's not real ding dongs. So I said, um, you know, before you learn about that in school, you know, do you want to talk about anything and whatever and, and before you watch the movie? And I said, do you have any questions about stuff? And he had a laundry list of very specific questions um, wow. or for boys and girls. Like he goes, am I going to get hair on my ding dong? I go, yes. He said, do girls get hair down there? Yes. Um, he said, girls get their period every single month. And I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, that's really terrible. I said, it is really terrible. And he goes, you still get yours? 
Yes. So anyway, we talked all That's through great questions and we didn't get to the part where sex is a penis going in a vagina. We left it more at like erections. And I was like, you know, you might start getting like boners and whatever. And yeah. he goes, Oh, I get those every morning anyway. I go, but you might get them not in the morning. Yes. When you least expect it. Yeah. And it's totally normal. And I was like, I'm going to leave this book here with you. And if you have questions, come, you know, come to daddy or I, you know, don't be embarrassed. And I like flipped through the book just because I have a Beavis and Butthead sense of humor. Yeah. And, <laughs> and there's a section here on morning surprises, which um, is the section on nocturnal emissions or wet dreams. <laughs> a wet dream is when some semen, the sticky liquid that is stored in the testicles, comes out from a boy's penis while he is asleep. And of course, like this makes me giggle, like nocturnal emission. I mean, I shouldn't. I'm... Right. And then on the next page, there's a quick tip where it says some boys get embarrassed when they have a wet dream because the semen can make a mark on the sheets. If you feel this way, you might want to negotiate with your parents to do your own laundry. Ah, no negotiation needed. No. Then you'll be happy because you'll be the only one who knows when you have a wet dream. Okay, I wish my kid was ashamed enough to come to me and ask to do his own laundry. That never would happen. That will never happen. So we didn't get to the talk about sex, like what is sex and how babies, you know, are made really until he and I were watching this documentary about the Celtics-Lakers rivalry, which is excellent if anybody wants to watch it. It's really, really good. But they got to the part of the documentary where Magic Johnson finds out he's HIV positive. Okay. I'm like, where, yeah, is, I know. <laughs> where is this Where is this going, Liz? Because this makes no sense. <laughs> so they start talking. He, he is diagnosed with HIV. And they start talking about how he's had sex with tons of women. Sex, sex, sex. Tons of women, 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 blah, 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 blah. And I just paused it. And I said, I said, do you know what HIV is? And he said, yeah, we talked, learned about it in health class. I said, do you know how you get it? And he said, no, not really. And I said, well, there's a few different ways. I said, one of them is by having sex. And I said, do you remember in the video that you watched where they talk about like a, how a baby's made, it, like it has to be semen from a penis and an egg from you know the woman, mm-hmm. um, and that's how babies made? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, the sperm and the egg only meet what when the have- penis goes into the vagina. That's how that happens. He goes, oh, God. I'm like, yep, that's it. We don't have to talk about it anymore. I just wanted to clarify. I don't know where my husband was at this point. Maybe he was putting the little ones to bed. I'm not sure. So later on, Will goes to bed, and I turned to Danny, and I was like, Will knows how babies are made now. We've got that covered. So I'm like, you can tell Avery all about periods when she gets older. <laughs> what is Dan? And he was like, why, did you have, why do you have to talk to him about that stuff? <laughs> and again, I refuse to raise kids who are as repressed as I am. It's right. just not healthy. So, is this like an East Coast thing? I think it is. And I mean, we, Danny and I are both raised Catholic, conservative yeah. families. I do think it's an East Coast uptight, you know, type of thing. Yeah, because on the West Coast, it's much more, and it's just more, I'm sure that there's rep- repressed and you don't right. talk about it families on the West Coast, but they're just more like, communication and yeah. open, like, no. open, let's talk about it, let's not be ashamed of, like, our bodies. Yeah, we come from a long line of sweep it under the rug and pretend everything's fine. <laughs> so, in it, so, as I was preparing for this episode, I thought I would Google, like, do other parents have, like, funny stories about how they shared, you know, puberty and sex with their kids. And there was this article on parenting.com, and where this woman said, I sat my daughter in front of the TV to watch an episode of Seventh Heaven. 
with me where the reverend and his wife were teaching their daughters all about becoming women. We paused the show to talk about certain subjects and to answer her questions. This made things go a lot smoother since we used to watch Seventh Heaven as a family, so it was a familiar activity. Plus, it's so much better when someone on TV can say the awkward things versus you. Now, if I was going to go somewhere for, like, how do I talk about sex advice, it probably wouldn't be a man of the cloth. However, I will say, this dude and his wife had seven kids on the TV show, so he was clearly giving the missus the biz on the regular basis. So maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. I don't know. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then the next one was, oh my God, the font on my paper is so small. I was at a loss when it came to knowing what to say when talking about the birds and the bees. I'm so embarrassed about it. I actually Googled YouTube videos about how to talk to your kids about these things. I stayed up for half a night watching videos that day before I was supposed to talk to my son. I still don't know if they did any good. I think this one was just up all night watching internet porn. I mean, can you imagine her talk with her kid is like, all right, so before you have sex with a girl, you have to dress up like a pizza delivery guy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, again, no judgment. Like, I didn't get the talk. I did the best I could with giving my son the talk. I don't know if when it's time for my twins in a few years to get the talk, if I will be better or worse at it. I don't know. But it's important to just put out there. Seriously. Um, so yeah, so that's my story. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, it's a hard thing. You it gotta, is a really hard you thing. You gotta just do what you can with it, like I said. Mm-hmm. And it, they usually hit you at the wrong time. Worst times. Worst times. Yeah. yeah. I know. Um, so should we wrap with celebrities? They're not just like us? Correct. So by the time this episode airs, we'll be well past Halloween, but we pre-record. So in our Terminator timeline here, Halloween wasn't that long ago in real life. So our story this week comes to you courtesy of Kendall Jenner, who threw herself a lavish Halloween-themed 25th birthday party at a rooftop bar in West Hollywood. I saw lots of pictures posted online um, of the party where people were not masked, tons of people there, not clearly not socially distant there at a party. Apparently, every person had to be tested on site for COVID before being allowed into the venue. How fast are these tests? Do you see Justin Bieber waiting 20 minutes to get into the party? <laughs> no. And the, the admit ticket said, take as many photos as you would like, but just please don't mm. put them on social media. That's right. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, no masks, lots of large group pictures. And then the article that I read, someone on Twitter wrote that seeing her, quote, Blowing out candles as a masked waiter holds her cake and tries to move out of the way was actually the scariest thing I saw on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the notes that I had mm-hmm. is that it was like she blew out a cake during COVID. Yep. Like who was going to eat right. that cake? I mean, even even Kendall Jenner spit. I don't think anyone wants. <laughs> no, I, exactly. And the other funny thing that I noticed, I was like, okay, do you think... Any of the Kardashians or Jenners ever, ever had an ugly Halloween costume. Like, ever. Like, a full body or even, like, cute, cuddly costume where their whole body was covered. Like, like one year in college, Mm -hmm. I went as a bunny in, like, sweats. Like, turned my sweats inside Mm -hmm. out and, like, had bunny ears. Like, so... Not the sexy right. bunny, not like a With Playboy bunny. Yeah, you know. no, 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 no. And that was in college. I was a mm. freshman. I had sw- like sweats, and so do you think 
that for once they would not go as something like skanky, slutty. Oh, like, no. I yeah. mean, these women, they wear body paint. Like it's actually clothing. Yeah. You know, they have so much plastic surgery that like the faces they were born with are just a light suggestion. Exactly. You know? <laughs> right. And then a bunch of the stars obviously came mm-hmm. to school, too cool for school and not dressed up. Yep. So that was another thing. And then a hundred people. I mean, I thought there were laws against that. I thought so too. But that, um, then again, laws don't apply. That's exactly <laughs> because stars, they're not like us. Exactly. Exactly. So listeners, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. We would definitely love to hear from you. Um, but most of all, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>